Greetings, everyone, and welcome to Seven Sabbaths. Seven Sabbaths brings you important information about the scriptures, the new covenant, being part of the called out assembly, and walking with Yahweh and Yahushua the Messiah. So stay tuned for tonight's special report on Not All of the Bible is God's Word. Seven Sabbaths is sponsored by Beck's Farmhouse Coffee, located in Jolton, Tennessee. Seven Sabbaths is an educational service in the public interest. I'm your narrator and host, Brandon Stackelbeck. Now, Seven Sabbaths is heard on the four podcasting platforms, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Podcast Index, along with Google Podcast, and is available seven days a week at your convenience on any of these platforms. You can access new and archived episodes at sevensabbaths.buzzsprout.com. For more information about Seven Sabbaths, please visit our webpage at sevensabbaths.org. That's S-E-V-E-N Sabbaths dot O-R-G. I would think a majority of Christians today can find a Bible somewhere in their home. Now, that's not to say that everyone that has a Bible in their home picks it up and reads it on a consistent basis. However, it seemed that most households would hold the Bible in high esteem. I mean, most people respect the Bible and understand it's special and includes all those things that are sacred. So they're probably not going to throw it on the ground and use it as a doormat and let it get destroyed. I'd say for most Christians, the Bible itself is held in high regard and holds a place of honor. I say this because what I'm about to say next could be very offensive to anyone listening. My intention here is not to offend you with this podcast, but it's to clarify so that our walk with God can be strengthened. Now, what is it that I could say that would really offend you? Again, I'm not trying to offend you, but think about this. Not all of the Bible is God's word. Now, right there, you're probably tuning out and you're turning me off and jumping for the the volume button. You don't want to have your kids hear that, what I've said, uh, because we have used the word or the phrase God's word just to mean the scriptures. But today I want to take a, a deeper look into that and see really what is God's word. Now, I'm not trying to stir up fights or anything like that, but I think this distinction is important for us when we're walking with God especially if we want to walk with him in a covenant relationship. So let me give you an example. Let's turn to Genesis 3, 1 through 5. Genesis 3, 1 through 5. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which Yahweh God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree that is in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat it, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Now there's the first example I want to give to you. It's right up there at the beginning of the Bible, Genesis. And we can see very clearly what the serpent is saying is not the word of God. These are not the words that God has said. In fact, these are just the opposite of what God has said. The serpent's speaking, but I wouldn't put those words in God's mouth. And I think you would agree with me that this is not God's word. Let me give you another example. Let's take a New Testament. I I can give you many examples, but, but for the sake of 
just this discussion, let's go to uh, the example in Matthew 16. This is where Peter is speaking to Yahushua, Jesus. So let's turn to Matthew 16. To give you a little bit of context, this is right after Yahushua, Jesus, asked Peter, who do you think I am? And Peter responded, well, you're the Messiah. And Yahushua commended him, saying, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Now see, when Peter's talking to Yahushua about him being Messiah, this confirms that this is the Word of God. This is what God says about Yahushua. Who is he? He is the Messiah. So let's go to Matthew 16. Matthew 16, and we're going to read 21 through 23. From that time, Yahushua, Jesus, began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and to be killed and raised on the third day. Now when Peter took him aside, he began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Master, this should not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are offense to me, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. So just a chapter earlier, Peter speaks and is commended by Yahushua, Jesus. And in this chapter, he's rebuked because he's speaking the words of Satan. Now, I think you would agree with me that this is not the word of the Most High. This is the word of the enemy that's coming through Peter at this time. See, he didn't want Yahushua to be killed. He was trying to step in the middle of that, but he didn't know the plans of God. And so he starts talking from his own, his own wants and needs. This is not the word of God. These are not the words that proceed out of the mouth of God. Now, you might be saying right now, okay, Brandon, I understand what you're saying. I see you're making a distinction, but isn't this semantics? Is this really a beneficial discussion? Because what does this have to do with my own life? Well, let's talk a little bit more about that, and let's turn to John, John 1. I'm going to read a little bit of this passage. It's John 1, 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made. That was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not the light but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Verse 11, He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many who received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. 
Now, this is really important because we're talking about the Word of God. What is the Word of God? But right here, John's saying that the Word became flesh. God's Word became flesh. Yahushua is the Word of God in the flesh. So when we look at Yahushua, Jesus, and we see what he says about things, we know that this is what God says about things. When we see him act, we see that he is acting rightly in the way that God would want him to act because he is the word. When he believes certain things, we know that his beliefs are correct. When we hear him say and talk and interact, we know that this is in line with the mind and heart of God. This is who he is. He's not just a man, a man of the flesh. That's a good teacher, as some would say. But he is the word in the flesh. He is the word of God walking around in the flesh. And that's why this is so important. That which Yahushua was in the flesh represents the entirety of God's word. Think about that for a second. How amazing is that? Not only did God give us his word, he preserved it in the scriptures, the things that he said, but he also gave us an example. He gave us something, a mentor, a teacher, someone that we could emulate, to look at, to become like. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Did Yahushua, Jesus, did he come to say his own words? He did not. Let's go to John 12, 46 through 50. Turn with me there, please. John 12, 46 through 50. Yahushua is speaking and says, I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in me should not abide in the darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words, that which judges him, the word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command that I should say and what I should speak. Verse 50, and I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. So we see that Yahushua, Jesus, is not coming to say his own words. Only what the Father has told him to speak, and he speaks God's word. Now that's pretty amazing, because this can't be said of anybody except Yahushua, Jesus. And why is that important? Because today, the church at large has forgotten what God has said. And instead of following what God has said, they follow their own voice and the voices of men. And this is crazy, because this is what, the, in the day of Yahushua, Jesus, this is what they were doing. They were not remembering what God had said, but they were inserting their own words and their own ideas and their own understanding and following that. The traditions of men. Let me show you. Turn with me to Matthew 15, verses 1 through 9. Starting in verse 1. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Yahushua, Jesus, saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. 
And he answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God? Because of your tradition. For God commanded, saying, Honor your father and your mother. And he who curses his father or mother, let him be put to death. But you say, Whoever says to his father and mother, Whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift to God. Then he need not honor his father and mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your traditions. Hypocrites! Well did Isaiah prophesy about you, saying, These people draw near to me with their mouth, and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. See, this is what we're doing today. We do this today. We will hold up the traditions of men, the laws of men, and we will put those above what God has said. Now, that's pretty amazing. Now, again, we're talking about not all of the Bible is God's Word. And I want to really dive deep on that and say, okay, what is God's Word? What is God's Word? If the Bible in its entirety is not God's Word, what is God's Word? Well, let's go to Matthew 4, 1 through 4. Keep your place in Matthew 15. We'll come back to it. But Matthew 4, 1 through 4, let's turn there. Matthew 4, 1 through 4, starting in verse 1. Then Yahushua, Jesus, was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry, obviously. Verse 3. Now when the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Again, in verse 4, he says, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That's our answer. That's the word of God. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Now, Yahushua, Jesus, was not making this up. He didn't just come up with this on the fly when the tempter was tempting him. He didn't go back in the recesses of his mind and go, you know, how am I going to answer this guy? Because this is the word in the flesh, all of God's instruction, all of God's words, everything that's proceeded out of the mouth of God is instantly at hand in his brain. He's actually quoting from something that's already been said. This is in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is where he is quoting from, Deuteronomy 8.3. So let's go there so we can get some context on what is the word of God. Let's turn there. And for some context, let's read Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 3. Deuteronomy 8, verse 1. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe, that you may live and multiply and go and possess the land in which Yahweh swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that Yahweh your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, to know what was in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not. So he humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of Yahweh. This is the word of God. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. This is God's word. 
And this is not theoretical, some kind of theory word of God, but this is the actual word of God. In the same way that God said in the beginning in Genesis, let there be light, and there was light, these things came out of his mouth. They proceeded out of his mouth. He said them himself. When he wants to say something, he can say it himself. And when he does say it, we should listen. The problem today is we don't know what he has said. When we read something or are made aware of what he has already said, we act like it's some kind of suggestion. We don't take it as his word. We don't lift it up and put it on top and say, okay, this is how I should live my life. But instead, we take it and we compare it to all the other things we've heard, what we're doing in our life, what our mood is, what our opinions are. But we don't give it the weight that it should have. And so by doing that, we almost negate his word. We put it under our own opinions. This is what the Pharisees were doing in Matthew 15. So let's go back to Matthew 15 and see again what Yahushua Jesus is saying. Let's unpack this. And I'm reading Matthew 15, just verses 1 through 6 this time. Verse 1. Then the scribes and Pharisees who were from Jerusalem came to Yahushua, Jesus saying, Why do your disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. He answered and said to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God because of your tradition? Now check this out. Verse 4. For God commanded, saying, See out of his mouth, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses his father and mother, let him be put to death. But you say, whoever says to his father and mother, whatever profit you might have received from me is a gift of God. Then he need not honor his father and mother. Thus you have made the commandment of God, that which, which has come out of his mouth, you have made that thing of no effect by your traditions. See, this is what we do. And I want us to, want us to think about that a little bit because... This is just one place where Yahushua is writing. He is making right our thinking. What God has said, what proceeds out of his mouth, is what we should live by. So I'll say it again, what I said at the very beginning. Maybe I've brought you over and made you think a little bit about this topic. Maybe you're not as, as angry with me as you were in the very beginning but I said that not all of the Bible is God's word. But hopefully through this, we'll see that that which is God's word, that which has proceeded out of the mouth of God, that's what we should adhere to. And more than that, his word was made flesh in the body of Messiah, Yahushua, Jesus. So we have a model to follow, to become like, to think like, to speak like, and to act like. Yahushua is the very image of God and the word, God's word in the flesh. See, he gave up his life for us to have an opportunity to know God and to walk with God in a covenant relationship. That's amazing. Why is it so important that we make a distinction uh, from the scriptures, the entire Bible, and just those words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God? It's important because a majority of our lives are built on the words of men. We listen to the men and what they have to say on a certain issue, and then we make our decision. We listen to Bible teachers and pastors, and we consume their words. 
We consume their beliefs. We consume their speculations. And then we go to work on building our lives. In essence, we're putting our trust in what people believe about God's word and how it fits into this or that denomination's core beliefs. If this person says something about how we should live, how we should think, we're more apt to take it as the gospel truth instead of seeing what God himself has said about how we should live and how we should think. This is an age-old problem. It started in the garden with the enemy, the serpent. He questioned God. He said, did God really say? And see, that's our same problem that we have today. Did God really say? We'd rather hear this guy, so-and-so, and see what he has to say about Scripture instead of looking to the Scriptures, finding what God has said about a certain issue, the words that proceed out of his mouth, and then build our life on those things. We should look to the Scriptures and say, Father, what have you said about this? And then we should read and meditate and pray for wisdom so that we're led in the right way. Remember what Yahushua Jesus warned us about. He said, do not call any man teacher, for Messiah is your teacher, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone father, for one is your father, and he is in heaven. The reason it's important to make the distinction is because of this. We need to elevate God's word, the words that proceed out of the mouth of God, and dethrone man's word. And so today, after you listen to this, maybe it's something for you to think about. How is your relationship with God? Have we, and I'm guilty of this, have we taken God's word, those words that have proceeded out the mouth of God, and placed them aside with our own, because of our own ideas, our own wants, our own desires? And should we reconsider that? Should we take his word and place it at the top of our life to lead us and guide us? Something to think about. Hey, I appreciate you listening today to Seven Sabbaths. My name is Brandon, your host, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to Seven Sabbaths, sponsored by Beck's Farmhouse Coffee, located in Jolton, Tennessee, and producing small batch, hand-roasted coffee, and sending it out fresh nationwide. For more information on Beck's Farmhouse Coffee, you can visit their website at Beck's, B-E-C-K-S, farmhousecoffee.com. You can access new and archived episodes of this podcast seven days a week at sevensabbaths.buzzsprout.com. For more information about Seven Sabbaths, please visit our webpage at sevensabbaths.org. That's S-E-V-E-N, sabbaths.org.